Okay. Now, let me begin by saying God cares about your life, your whole life, including your love life. And we're going to be camping in this series in the book of Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon. Um, some of you, by show of hands, who has heard of the Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon before? Okay, a handful. How many of you, by show of hands, have read the Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon before? Okay. How many of you were very weirded out and confused by reading the Song of Songs and the Song of Solomon before? Okay, amen. Um, all of us. You should be. If you're not weirded out or confused by reading the Song of Songs, then you probably were confused and didn't read the Song of Songs. It's weird. It's confusing. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give ourselves a good outline. We're not going to go verse by verse and teach our way through this book. Um, but what we are going to do is we're going to use the concepts and the topics of this book to practically apply what they're talking about to our life today as it relates to relationships. Um, because I think it's going to be very helpful and very practical for us. Now, as a way of understanding what we're getting into, a couple of things you need to know. Um, the song is written most likely by King Solomon, and he is the son of King David. Do we know what David is most famous for? Goliath, correct. David and Goliath is one of his most famous stories. Although David's got a few good ones, it's usually David and something or someone Else. So King David, he is a king anointed by God to rule over the nation of Israel. He is a man that is named to be uh, or called a man after God's own heart. He was, he was connected with God. And David was a songwriter. He wrote the majority of the book of Psalms. He had a son named Solomon. Solomon is a unique character because he is considered to be the wisest person to have ever lived. Um, we read his story in uh, uh, the 1st the and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Chronicles, um, as well as part in the end of 2nd Samuel. Um, he's a very wise, wealthy, um, experienced person. He wrote the majority of the book of Proverbs. He also wrote uh, the book called Ecclesiastes. And most people think he wrote this book, the Song of Songs. Now, so, uh, King Solomon, uh, they, it's been said that he wrote at least 1,005 songs, so he had quite the discography. But this one is considered to be his greatest song. It is titled The Song of Songs. And biblically, that is a phrase used uh, to show of like importance. We've got Jesus as the King of Kings, right? And the Lord of Lords. In the temple or the tabernacle, they called it the Holy of Holies. The idea is like this is the holiest place. Jesus is the King above all kings. He is the Lord above all lords. And this is considered to be the song above all songs. The greatest song ever written by someone in ancient Israel. To put it simply, this is a love song. In fact, I would say it's not just a love song. This is a love musical. Um, and I, I was talking to Hannah when we were writing about it that it, somebody should literally make it a musical. Because there are um, at least three characters in this, uh, in this song or in this musical. There is a girl. Um, there are her friends. Um, and then there is a boy. Which is like, and it's an interesting story because um, the girl we'll see about in a moment, she, is, uh, she comes from nothing. She works in the fields. She doesn't have a, a much of an a interesting life. Um, she's got, a, uh, I think, a mother-in-law, uh, or excuse me, a stepmom 
and sons that make her work um, in the vines, in the, in the fields, really interesting. And then uh, King Solomon is the king and finds some sort of interest in this woman. Very compelling story, isn't it? It's kind of like Cinderella-y. Um, I don't know. It's very interesting and compelling. Um, so it's a musical. It's a song. There's different parts. There's different stanzas. They sing their um, different longs, lines. But it is a love story. It is a love song. There are 49 words used in this book that aren't used anywhere else in the Bible. Because the ideas of romance and relationship is really unique to this book. People like, if you know who these, these people are, Charles Spurgeon, D.L. Moody, and Hudson Taylor, they're all, all great pastors, missionaries, and writers, considered that this Song of Songs was their favorite book in the Bible. Um, Charles Spurgeon preached something like uh, 50 plus sermons um, from the book of Song of Songs. And it's all about marital love and romantic relationship. Now, people try and make this book allegory for God's love for the world. Um, they say that this isn't specifically about just two people in love. They try to make it more about, like, it's poetic to talk about God's love. Now, there is application that we can draw like that, but the main point of this book is about a guy and a girl, and they're in love. Like, the song as old as time, right? Beauty and the Beast. Like, that's kind of, the, it, is, it is a classic story about guy and girl, all of that to say, and the reason it's interesting that this is a book that is titled The Song of Songs, and it's a book that's in the Bible, shows us that God cares about our relationships, right? If we can title this love song, God is, is not the primary uh, uh, focus of this book or this song, and yet it's considered the greatest song of all time. So it's interesting. God cares about our relationships, and so before we even go into this and we discuss God's heart for our relationship, we need to understand that one, God cares, and two, God has a plan, right? So God designed you for relationship, um, and, and some of you God designed for romantic relationship, others you maybe not. And that's not a bad thing. We overemphasize the value we place on people whether or not they're in relationship. That's a culture thing. That's not a God thing. Um, but God designs us in such a way, and he cares about our relationships. So we're going to look practically on how God designs, um, God designs and desires for us to do relationships. Now, before we jump in, a little bit of info about the specific song, just so you aren't lost as we go. Um, it's a musical. There are multiple characters that sing different parts. There's sort of three. Her, or the Shul Shulamite, you'll see. There's friends or the daughters of Jerusalem. These are her friends. And then there's he or King Solomon, most people believe. So you'll see we're going to read tonight from the NIV. Um, I think it puts it a little bit more clearly. Um, but if you're reading from something else, you might see instead of her, you'll see the Shulamite. Or you might see the daughters of Jerusalem, but that's her friends. Or you might see King Solomon or you might say he or the, or the beloved. That's also he. Okay, you following me? All right. Um, it's broken up into three sections, this book. It's betrothal or before marriage, it's wedding, the event, and then it's marriage, their life. Okay, so it's betrothal, before marriage, wedding, the actual event, like dun, 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 like that actual moment, um, and then their marriage, their life. Um, we're going to spend most of our time on the betrothal part, the pre-marriage, because I feel like that probably mostly applies to us in the room, right? 
Um, and so that's what we're going to talk about. All right, this is my message title. This is where we're starting. What are you looking for? That's my title, all right? What are you looking for? Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 1 in the NIV. You guys with me? All right. It says, Solomon's Song of Songs. She, this is the first stanza by she. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the young women love you. Take me away with you. Let us hurry. Let the king bring me into his chambers. And this is her friends. We rejoice and delight in you. We will praise your love more than wine. This is her again. How right are they to adore you. Dark am I, yet lovely, daughters of Jerusalem. Dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tents like the tent curtains of Solomon. Do not stare at me because I'm dark, because I'm darkened by the sun. My mother's sons were angry with me and made me take care of the vineyards, my own vineyard I had to neglect. Tell me, you whom I love, where your graze, uh, your flock, and where you rest your sheep at midday. Why should I be like a veiled woman beside the flock of your friends? All right, so it's very poetic, right? Like We're like, what in the world is talking, are they talking about? So we're going to talk three practical applications, and I'll explain it from the text, um, that's going to help us with relationships. Point number one, your name matters. When it comes to relationships and what you're looking for in a relationship, that's where we're starting. Okay, so before, some of you I know you're booed up already, some of you not so much. Um, So what are we looking for in a relationship? The first thing we need to understand is that your name matters. Notice that she says in her song, she says, your name is like perfume poured out. Your name is like perfume poured out. The idea here is not just your name, like he's got a nice name, like Solomon. I just like that name. Um, The idea is his reputation, what his reputation is. When it comes to relationship, listen to me, reputation matters. Your reputation is sort of what goes before you when you enter a room and what stays behind after you leave. Your reputation is what goes before you, before you enter a room, and what stays behind after you leave. The first thing that is said about this guy that she's interested is not about his looks, it's not about his job, it's not about his hobbies, it's not about his wealth, it's not about any of those things. What is, uh, is noticed about this person is his name, his reputation, what he's known for. Now let's get practical. When you're interested in someone, what is known about them and what is said about them is important to know and notice. Okay? So you're in a season, you're like, man, I'm starting to crush on this person. They're cute, whatever. It's like happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, starting to happen. This person, oh my goodness. What are they known for? That's the question that you should ask. You should think about, what is their name? What's their reputation, right? Because, I mean, it's easy. It is easy to find out somebody's reputation, right? Unless they, like, archive all of their photos um, or, like, they have zero friends at all. um, It's pretty easy to find out what their reputation is. 
And it's important for us when we're going into relationship or we're thinking about relationship that we need to know and notice what is being said about them and what is known about them. Don't get blinded by how cute they are. Notice what is known about them, right? And sometimes we ignore like, oh my gosh, this person has dated 15 people in the last six months, but they're so cute and they're messaging me now. I'll be different. Like it's different with me. Like it's different this time. <laughs> Are you saying we stop talking about this? Let's not, okay, okay, okay. We'll, okay, we'll, we'll time out, we'll time out. Their reputation matters. What is said about them matters. And sometimes we can ignore history or ignore the reality because of their personality or because of their look, and we forget about these things. But also notice I said not just that their name matters. My point was intentional. Your name matters. Because sometimes we can get preoccupied with other people's reputation and get caught up in other people's business and we're not so worried about our own name or our own reputation. Because listen to me, the best way to find the right person is by being the right person. So the question is, what is your reputation? Are you a flirt? Are you a player? Are you a jerk? Are you kind? Whatever it is, if you have a bad reputation, it's time to start rebuilding what's known about you. The amazing thing about the gospel and, and the message of Jesus Christ is when we're saved, we have the opportunity to start over brand new. And so our reputation doesn't have to define us, right? Like who we were before Christ, it doesn't have to define us. We actually become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things are made new. And so some of you are brand new to faith, but, and you've got a, a reputation that has like built up until a moment. And then in a moment, you're brand new. In a moment, old things have passed away. But listen, you now have to start living brand new. Don't allow old reputation or old experiences or old decisions creep into the new identity that you have in Christ Jesus. And so it's important that you recognize that your name matters and that you build for yourself a good reputation by following God, obeying God, and doing what he wants you to do. Now notice also his, or his reputation was described as a good fragrance. A good fragrance is obvious, right? When you walk into a house and it smells good, you're like, ah, oh, this house smells good. When you walk into a room and it smells bad, like, oh, this room smells bad. Unless it's your room, you don't even notice. And you need like a third party to walk in and be like, this is not okay. You should not live like this. But a, 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 a fragrance is obvious. And also, listen, a good fragrance is good for everyone. Right? A good fragrance is like, ah, it's a good fragrance. We, we can disagree on like, okay, maybe I don't like this fragrance as much as you like this fragrance or whatever. But something that smells good, it's obvious, and it's good for everyone. That's how our reputation should be. Your reputation should be obvious, and it should be beneficial for everyone. Your name matters. Okay, second point. You with me? Your appearance matters. Okay, now before I lose you, let me define what I'm talking about. Because I'm not talking about, and thank you, Ari, for coming up and talking about what God has brought her through. That's not what I'm talking about. So let me explain myself, all right? 
obviously, attraction is a big part of relationships, right? Attraction. Like, if you didn't notice the person, you wouldn't be interested in the person, right? So attraction is, is oftentimes at least something that gets things going. Like, I saw her, and she was cute. Is that wrong? No, that's pretty much life. And you probably wouldn't be interested in a person unless you first were attracted to them. The guy in this song is very attracted to this girl. Um, let me show you some of the things that he says about her. Feel free to use these as pickup lines, okay? Um, <laughs> chapter 1, verse 9, he says this about her. Listen, I liken you, my darling, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariot horses. He says, he says, you, you r remind me of my horse, is what he says. Another one, here's another good one. Chapter 4, chapter four, verse 1, he says this. How beautiful you are, my darling. Good start. Oh, how beautiful. Your eyes behind your veil are doves. You've got bird eyes. He says, your hair is like a flock of goats. Amen. Okay, this is my favorite one. This is my favorite one. Okay, ready? Your teeth are like a flock of sheep just shorn, coming up from the washing. Ready for this? Each has its twin. None of them is alone. In other words, you have all your teeth. That's good stuff. You have all of your teeth. All right, last one, verse 4. He says this. Your neck is like the Tower of David, built with the course of stone. On it hang a thousand shields, all of them shields of warriors. So your neck is really long, too. All right, feel free to use any one of those. Bird eyes. You remind me of my horse. Um, you have all your teeth. Okay, but listen, 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 back here, back here. Attraction and physical appearance is not their fo focus. Notice she says, she says, dark am I, yet lovely, daughters of Jerusalem, dark like the tents of Kedar, like the uh, tent of curtains of Solomon. Do not stare at me because I'm dark, because I'm darkened by the sun. She says, my mother's sons were angry with me and made me take care of the vineyards, my own vineyard I had to neglect. We're told what this means. Poetically, she, she's saying, I work outside all the time. I'm tan because I'm working outside. I'm dark because I'm working outside. And she is, this woman, is building a life for herself. Her focus, she says, is not on my physical appearance, but it's on my life and what I'm doing. She says, the gardens I have had to take care of. Literally, I'm a, a vine dresser. I'm taking care of the gardens. But my own garden, my own physical appearance, I haven't been able to pay so much attention to, is what she's saying. What this means for us is that your appearance matters, but not just in how you look, but in what you do. That's what she's saying. She's saying, I've been focused on actually building a life for myself. I'm working I'm accomplishing something, and so the top of my priority list is not in how I look and what I'm attracting, but actually building a life for myself. 
and she's not, listen to me, she's not pursuing guys and trying to find a relationship. That's what, she's tell, that's, that's what this tells us. She's not out there look, like getting herself together and out looking for guys. She's like, actually, I'm working in the field building a life for myself. And can I say that in relationship, the best way to find the right person is by doing the right thing. I like to say it like this. If you're doing the right thing, then you'll be in the right place, right? And if you're in the right place, you will be around the right people. If you're doing the right thing, you're going to be in the right place. And if you're in the right place, you're going to be around the right people. And that is a good place to begin to look for relationship. But it's about building a life, not about finding a spouse. And she's like, I, I, I haven't even had time to keep. And now I'm not saying that keeping up with your physical appearance is wrong. That's not at all what I'm saying. But what the idea is attraction matters, but what are we attracted to? Are we attracted just to physical look or are we attracted to something more? Like this girl has character. She has, she has life. She has personality. She has grit. Like she is interesting. And she's like, I'm out here building a life for myself. And if, if you come along, cool, but I'm not worried about that. And I think it's important for us to be focused on what God has called you to do. Make, make sure you're doing the right thing. And that's oftentimes what leads to the right person. Does that make sense? Is this helping anybody? Okay, cool. All right, last thing. You with me? All right, your conduct matters. Your conduct matters. In other words, how you treat people matters. One of the things that's unique about this love story is that her friends are totally invested and supportive of the guy she's interested in. Right? That's interesting because she says her thing. She's like, man, I really like this guy. He's cool. And then she makes a statement. She says, man, no wonder all of the other young ladies are interested in him. And then the friends echo back and basically say, like, go get it, girl. It's basically, I mean, like, paraphrase a little bit. Like, go for it. In other words, they are invested. They understand what's going on. And they are supportive of the guy that she is interested in. A huge test for someone you're interested in is this. Three things, okay? What do your friends say about them? How do they treat you in front of your friends? How do they treat you in front of their friends? Okay, I'm going to say that again. What do your friends say about them? So you're, in, hey, so this, this guy... He just DM'd me. He's pretty cute. He like goes to, he like goes to church sometimes. Um, what do you think about him? And then it is important for you. Now I don't think I don't think, and let me be careful with this because I've preached sermons where I've said don't listen to your friends, right? Like I've preached those sermons before. But what I'm saying is is getting people around you that you trust that can speak into every area of your life. And if their goal is to follow God, serve God, and please God, those are the types of people that you can allow to speak into your life, okay? So what do your friends say about them? Like, they're like, this, you seem like a great person. 
Like, yeah, I've seen them at church. They're actually there um, with or without you. They're invested in the right things. Like, I've seen them engaged. I've seen, they're friendly. Like, what do your friends say about them? Secondly, big one, how do they treat you in front of your friends? Okay, like, so you, you're in groups. A great, a great way to find out about somebody is hang out with them in a group. Okay, great way. Like, I can't advocate enough for, like, hanging out with people in groups. Because you see, like, okay, this is how they behave. So how do they, how do they behave when they're around your friends? Like, are they kind? Are they nice? Are they super sweet? Are they interesting? Are they, how do they hang out? And then, big one, too, this is huge, especially for the guys, or I guess warning for the girls and guys stop doing this, whatever the case I'm trying to say. How do they, how do they treat you around their friends? Okay, how do they treat you around their friends? Too often, we don't listen to our friends or we ignore how people treat you in public. And guys especially do this. You treat a girl nice over text and then mean in front of their friends. Like you're like, oh, they're so, you're just like, you're so smooth with the words when you have an hour to think about the text. But then, but then when you're hanging out with your friends, for some reason, you turn into a complete buffoon. And you, you stop treating her with respect. You stop being kind to her. You stop talking to her. Like, please, are you kidding me? Like, just look at her at least. I feel like, like we hang out with our friends and we just like revert back to like our caveman self and we forget how to actually interact with the person that we invited to hang out with us. Don't do that. Here's a really simple way to impress a girl. Be nice. Just be nice. Okay, and then, okay, I picked on the guys. I picked on the guys. So let me pick on, the, pick on the girls and I'll be done. Worship team, you guys can come up here. Girls, listen to me. Girls, if a guy does that to you, don't ignore it. And what I mean by that, <laughs> what I mean by that is sometimes we have like, by we, I mean you, have amnesia. And what happens is you go, you go, oh, he was such a jerk to me. Ugh. And then he sends a sweet text. You completely forget about how he was rude to you. And you're like, oh, he's so sweet. He's so sweet. Listen to me. Listen to me. Don't ignore that, okay? I would say that that is a, like a big, a big deal. Because, so Hannah and I are celebrating seven years of marriage on seven. Oh, Sunday, 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 Sunday. Seven years. And, man, we're happy. We're, we're having a great week, right, babe? It's a great week. We're, we're like celebrating. Our anniversary celebration has been uh all week long. So it started on Monday, and we've just been doing fun stuff. We went to a hockey game last night. Super fun. Anyways, um, so we, we've been doing this thing, but a lot of our life is spent around other people. A lot of our life is spent in groups. A lot of our life is by ourselves, and we like it that way. Like, we've been married a while. We, have, we don't have any kids. Like, we're cool with, like, just the two of us. We, we, like, it. we like it like that. Um, but we do spend a lot of our time in groups, and it is, it is important 
And, like, to this day, we'll have conversations, and Hannah will be like, you were a jerk to me over there. Like, and, like, I revert back to whatever it is that we all got. Like, I revert back to that. And it's like, we need to notice things like that. And we need to, like, my simple, if I should have titled my message, just be nice. And, like, just, we need to understand that, that it, is, it is something we should notice in ourselves and in others. Okay, I heard a quote um, this week when studying that going into marriage, we should look at one another with eyes wide open. Should, I mean, we should examine, like, okay, how, how do they treat me in, in public? Like, what are they interested in? Like, what's their laugh like? What makes them laugh? All these things. Before you're married, eyes wide open. And then it said, after you're married, eyes half shut. Like, you just, you're in it for the long haul now, and just figure it out. It's basically what that quote means. But for this season of your life, it is important just to examine, okay, how, what, what's their reputation? What are they known for? What's my reputation? What am I known for? What's their appearance? In other words, what are they doing? What are they building? What is their life about? What, what, is, what is their focus? And then thirdly, what do the friends say? What, what's their conduct like? How do they behave in public? All of these are great check marks, check boxes to examine as it relates to relationship. Because listen to me, you want someone who values you at all times. It's interesting, she's pretty critical of herself um, in those verses, isn't she? She's like, don't look at me, like I'm a mess. I'm out here, like I have to take care of these vineyards because of my stepmom and my brother. It, I love this story, it's so interesting. I'm like, what happened with the stepmom and the brothers? Like, what is going on? Um, but uh, like, she's like, don't look at me, I, I'm, I've been busy, I'm unkept. And then all he says is, you're amazing. You're beautiful, and it's hilarious. Like, his, his pickup lines, they're hilarious. But he's, his point is, like, no, I'm, I really like you, and I'm interested in you. And I think when it comes to relationships, it is important that we, have, we find somebody that values us for us. God made you you. Don't have to be somebody else. God created you to be you. You don't have to be somebody else. And sometimes when we don't understand our heavenly value, because let me tell you something, you are worth infinite value. God sent his own son to bleed and die to purchase, to redeem, to buy back your life that was lost because of sin. And Jesus rescued us. It's the greatest rescue mission of all time. Jesus from heaven to buy back, to redeem that which was lost. That's you and me. And sometimes we forget our heavenly value, and so we, we settle for something less, and then we allow people to mistreat us or to not be kind to us because we don't understand our infinite worth. So when it comes to relationships, and this happens all the time, we see people, whether it's in abusive relationships or unhealthy relationships or whatever it is, it's because they don't understand their heavenly value. So let me just speak over your life that you are worth an infinite value. God sent his only son for you, okay, for you. And so if you can understand the value that God has placed on you, it'll help you walk in the value that you are worth. Last thing, I know I'm going super long, but I'm trying to just tie this up. You know, I've got like 10 endings in my mind. Like, how do I end this thing? Okay, last one. See if this goes good. I, uh, <laughs> I was reading 
uh, it's like an old story. And a lot of these old preacher stories aren't true. They just kind of help illustrate a point. Um, but one of them said that, uh, that one, at one point a guy um, broke into like a department store. And this was like back in the day before everything was digital. And he went through and instead of stealing any items, he just switched the price tags on all the items, which is pretty funny. Like I'll give him that. So there was like like $1,000 watches that he put like $1.50 on. And there was like, like $3 like pens and pencils that he put like $500 price tags on. And so when they opened the department store the next day, people came in and they're grabbing these watches. They're like, this is $1.50. And because it wasn't digital, they, they had no way to like figure out what, what's going on. Like this is priced that way. Like, and so the whole thing was a complete mess. Um, but the the value that was placed on it was wrong, and so people weren't treating it with the value that was actually had in it. They didn't understand the value. Like, oh my gosh, I can get this for a dollar? Let me tell you, like sometimes we place on ourselves a low price tag when God's like, hey, hello, I bought you with the, the blood of my own son. Like, that's infinite value. Another way of saying that is like, just raise your standards. Like, be after somebody that loves God more than anything. What are you looking for? Be somebody that loves God.